Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. Today is a really big honor for me. I have a returning guest and a new guest. With me, I have, what, besides Whitley Strieber, I would say one of the most prolific writers in ufology today. I mean, hands down, he's one of my go-to people for when I talk about disclosure and what's really going on with ETs, and that's Preston Dennett. And it's, I, you know, I saw him on the news the other day, they were talking, they were going to him for, you know, what he thought on the UAP hearings, which is a big deal, because I think that he has a good input and he's learned, he's earned his stripes as far as like, you know, being a credible source in ufology. And let me tell you about Preston. He's a best-selling author. And I consider him, like I said, to be one of the key figures bringing disclosure to our world through his numerous books on the extraterrestrial subject, where most of his books deal with UFO landing cases, UFO abduction, and contact cases. Preston began acquiring a taste for the unknown and UFOs back in 1986 when his friends and family started having experiences. Since then, he's become one of the best writers in the field. And who else I have with me is the subject of his book. Her name is Dolly Saffron. She's a lifelong ET experiencer with conscious recall. That means she, she has the ability to remember her experiences, which is, is that's, there's a couple other people like that. There Jim Sparks comes to mind when it thinks about that. So this is a, a really interesting case um, that we're going to be talking about today. And let me tell you about the book. I have it right here. It's called Symmetry. And we'll, we, we're going to get into that, but it's been the number one bestseller on Amazon. And um, it's about Dolly's experiences. And um, I, I want to give them a big warm welcome to the show. Preston, Dolly, thank you for coming on. How are you? Really good. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Robert. Always great to talk to you. Um, my first question is for you, Preston. How did you go about writing this book? And did you simply want to document Dolly's experiences, but try to provide like a, an elaborate description? Or how, how, what was your process for writing this? I can tell you that it was easily one of the most difficult books I've written, because many of my books are sort of collections, or, you know, UFOs over California, a bunch of cases. This is one person's story. And uh, there was a lot to it. And well over 100 hours of interviews. So every time I would talk to Dolly, and to this day, every time, you know, we come on one of these shows or something, I learned something new. So I had an enormous amount of information to wade through and uh, put together it was not easy, but it sure was a lot of fun. It was probably the most interesting book I've written uh, because I've never talked to someone quite like Dolly who does have full conscious recall, who has no fear uh, surrounding her experiences. So yeah, I mean, I just put it together as best as I could, focusing a lot on what I think are the highlights of Dolly's encounters because, you know, as a conscious contactee with decades of experiences there's just no way it's all going to fit in you know two three four hundred pages yeah so, well how did you guys become acquainted did she contact you or did you contact her or how did you find out about her stories <laughs> very interesting actually she contacted me this is back in 2016 and uh, she was had decided to go public and was looking for a good researcher she told her ET contacts, you know, I want to go public. There's a lot of misrepresentation in this field, a lot of disinformation, a lot of fear. Got an important message, I think, for people. And, and they warned her of the consequences that this was kind of a big deal. And said, yeah, go ahead. You'll find someone who will probably be able to tell your story in the way you want it told. And she was not having a lot of luck with this. And uh, went back to them and said, you know, I'm not sure I can find anyone that I really like. And they said, well, check out this guy. And his name is Preston. His last name is Dennett. They spelled it. So in, you know, in a word, I was referred to Dolly. Or Dolly was referred to me, rather, by the Greys themselves. Wow. So they, <laughs> yeah, they apparently know about my research, which is a real humbling and awesome experience i mean man oh man I, I guess dolly my next question is for you like um what do the grays think about preston's research and i'll get into your encounters next but like how did the grays point out preston to you so they they think he's bringing a good message forward uh yes um um i had a 
when we were all talking about it, I had a criteria. I needed to find somebody who was going to be um, able to uh, retell everything that I was saying with that embellishment, you know, and uh, I needed somebody who was attentive to details and things like that. And uh, they knew that Preston would be, they, they singled him out as a, an extremely competent researcher, somebody who really does pay attention to everything. And I've learned since I've known him that uh, he's got a mind like a steel trap. <laughs> he remembers everything, <laughs> everything. So it, it's, I'm pleased about it. I'm very pleased. They knew what they were telling me was right. And, and before we get into the book Symmetry, I just want to ask, because Preston, I saw you went on the news about this. And Dolly, I want to get your opinion. And whoever wants to answer first, however you guys want to answer, I want to get your opinion on the hearings that we just had. Like, I'll, I'll let you know what I thought. Like. I saw them. I watched the whole thing. I thought it was a lot of just like, there wasn't really disinformation. There wasn't a whole lot of anything, if you don't mind me saying. Like, it, it was just like the, these, these UFO hearings I'm talking about. That You know, this it, it seemed like they showed a couple videos. It seemed like nobody had a clue as to what was going on. And I don't know if they're hiding things or if everybody in government's lost. But I'd love to get Dolly your opinion as an experiencer and then Preston your expert experience as a UFO researcher whoever wants to answer first Preston <laughs> all right um yeah I mean I certainly watched it in detail I was quite excited about it and very disappointed ultimately it was only one hour long that was kind of a joke it was good news in terms of the government saying well this is real but bad news in terms of them saying we think this is a threat because it's not and there's not evidence to support this. And it was a joke in terms of them saying that, you know, we're being forthcoming, truthful and transparent because no, you're not. You're not being any of those. It was filled with lies. They were asked, have we ever shot at these things? They said, no. Yes, we have. They were asked if they knew about Malmstrom. They said, no. Really? You don't know about UFOs hovering over a nuclear base and shutting down missiles as a gentle warning, saying you're making huge mistakes dealing with nuclear materials. Of course they know about it. So it, it was ultimately really disappointing. And I don't think it was a true investigation at all. They're talking about, you know, 144 sightings, 400, and ignoring really the very best evidence denied that they had any physical materials. So I just don't think it was real progress at all. I was yeah, very disappointed. I, saw it, I had Michael Shroud on my show and he was talking about a lot of old cases that, you know, he researched and he was saying that like, that it seems like the government's trying to get rid of all, everything before 2004, but he said a lot of those cases are still valid. And you would know that yourself because you really dig into these old cases. Like, you know, all the contact cases, you know, all the landing cases, like, do you think they're deliberately trying to erase some of our, infra, our UFO history? hundred percent. I'm not sure if they, yeah, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, but I just can't even wrap my head around the fact that they're talking about sightings and they mentioned Roswell very briefly as if it was a joke and are not talking about contactees at all or landings or, you know, waves of sightings like the Phoenix lights or the Hudson Valley wave or any of the best cases. Yeah. They're completely ignoring the best evidence that we have in the public arena and focusing simple outside. I mean, that film they showed, you can see much better films um, all over the place than this tiny little dot they had flying by an airplane. I know, that was so funny. I don't know if you guys saw that. I thought that was hilarious because it was like, you couldn't even see what was going on, but then they showed the triangle one and that was pretty visible. Like, you know, like that was a good one, but um, you know, like we have like all the Nimitz encounters too. Uh, you know, Dolly, what were your thoughts on the hearings? Like as you being an experiencer. Well, I have access to information that y'all don't have. And um, basically, they, they did exactly as Preston uh, characterized it. It was full of misinformation, outright lies. Uh, you can smell agenda all over them. In other words, a false flag, uh, making them into a threat. Um, they're not going to tell you the truth at all, period. They have control of something, and they are not going to let it go. 
and they have an agenda behind that. So yeah. that's what I think of it. I think it's a joke. Yeah, I well, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you guys said, and I won't go too much deeper into that. I just wanted to get you guys expert opinion on it. But I'll start off with this. When we go into this book, Symmetry, like, Dolly, like, when did your experiences start? And what's your first, uh, okay, this is a couple of questions. Like, when was your first conscious contact? And was it traumatizing at first? Um, my very first memory of contact was uh, 10 months old. And uh, saw light. I levitated. I tried to flip over in my crib to go back down, and it traumatized the hell out of me. <laughs> Never forgot it. Um, I started having. I'm also. Um, I'm psychic. I, I'm telekinetic. I'm uh, able to do many things. I can levitate, and I started this very early, very very early. I could OBE by the time I was three. Um, uh, I drove people around me crazy because things were happening all the time. So I had that happening to me simultaneous with moments before I gained full consciousness for it of contact, uh, bleating memories of it, but nothing to back it up like dream states. Uh, fast forward to age 14. And by then I, I had made up my mind either I'm plumb, stop crazy, or this is really happening to me. And I was dog determined to prove it one way or the other. And um, one night uh, I was out in the backyard and I was 14, 1973, January. And I had my telescope up. I was doing my homework. I took astronomy lessons and I, uh, my dad said, go to bed. It's one o'clock in the morning, you know, school night. <laughs> so I packed down my scope, went in my room, changed into my jammies and I don't sleep two hours a day. That's it. And I was propped up in my window uh, watching uh, the stars. Orion was up. It's my favorite constellation. So all of a sudden I start seeing uh, stars that are not stars. There's about a hundred of them. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, oh my God, I've never seen anything like that before. Okay. This was blowing my mind. And I thought, this is it. This is it. I, I'm going to remember this. And I put it in my mind to remember. I watched them uh, pair up in twos. Some went east, west, north, and south. And, uh, Two pair come down over my area. One went toward Dadeland Mall in Kendall on the Kendall Road. And then the other one came down over our property and it came down over our backyard by my back window. We have trees back there and I saw them start swaying wildly. I knew there was no wind. I had just been outside. It was a clear night, no wind. And I'm like fascinated, oh my God. And then I focused on the craft, realizing that it's not ours. Um, memorized it you know and when I got to the two port windows I saw beings in it and um, they were looking at me and uh, that unnerved me pretty doggone good and I turned I was going to dive under my bed you know 14 years old and you see two guys you've never seen in your life I'm going down and I, the room exploded in blue white light and um, I I don't remember anything after that I woke up on my floor I wasn't wearing my jammies I was wearing something else um, I was pissed and angry that I couldn't remember again. And I could hear my mom in the kitchen cooking. So I got cleaned up, took a shower, got ready for school and went in the kitchen. You know, she's cooking. She's listening to the radio. She doesn't make coffee. And I sat down and I'm like trying to talk to my mother who never, ever wanted to hear about this stuff. Never. Okay. And I said, mom, did you see anything last night? Lights? Did you hear anything? And she says, what are you talking about? And I said, you know, UFOs. And she turned on me and pointed her finger and said, no, eh, eh, no talking. <laughs> I sat there, poured my very first cup of coffee ever in the history of my life and was just like moaning and wailing in my head about it. How do I talk to her? Ow, ow, ow. And then the radio changed from Paul Harvey to the news. And the newscaster, first thing he said was, two Deadland police officers saw a UFO last night and described the whole thing one of the officers and they had two cars one each and one of the officers got buzzed by twice it flew over him and came right back I lost my mind I went nuts berserk wacko uh, she turned around and said no that's it you're dreaming get out of the kitchen my dad met me outside the door said I heard everything you need to calm down I mean I was hysterical by this point he said you really need to calm down you're just gone so I went in the bathroom, I sat on the floor, turned the light out, locked the door. And I tried really, really hard at that point to uh, remember what had just happened to me. 
I realized that this was my one and only chance in my mind. This was it. I had to do it. I kept telling myself over and over, I'm going to do it. I can do it. And I started to replay everything in my mind from seeing them to the white light. And I did actually manage to recall. I, I saw the first thing I saw was an energy ribbon that come down. I saw the two beings come down the ribbon. One of them took me by the hand around the waist and he walked me to the ribbon and put my hand on it. We went straight up right through my ceiling, through the tree, up to a craft, that craft, the door was wide open and they shoved me through it. And I landed on my keister. Mm. Um, I felt the presence next to me. I turned and looked and, oh my God, I saw a woman. Uh, she's a tall gray and her name is Mama. And I instantly remembered who she was, instantly. And I started freaking out. I got so, I was already upset from this happening to me, I was shaking. And the fact that you can just suddenly remember everything and I threw up all over myself. I mean, oh everywhere. My uh, <laughs> they helped me clean up. <laughs> oh boy, that was a mess. And uh, they gave me a smock to wear and they brought me back in and sat me down and I was sitting there trying to calm down, you know? And uh, I heard this voice in my, I thought it was my ears. It wasn't, it was psychic. And it was uh, this, male voice that I knew who it was I was like oh my god I know who this is and it's uh the craft uh I call him Talada it's my nickname for him his name is unpronounceable uh so he said are you okay you remember me now and I'm like oh my god you know and then I realized that every time they picked me up I remembered who they were okay but this time was different it was visceral it was like not going to leave my mind and then I got really weirded out and they, the two grays took me on a tour of the craft. They let me like ground to the memories. You know, they touch everything. They showed me where my quarters was. I mean, they just took me everywhere. Uh, they brought me back up uh, to where the, you know, Talata was the helm, you call helm, and uh, sat me down and uh, gave me another few minutes to, you know, reconnoiter what's going on in my life. And he said, let's go for a ride. And I knew instantly what that meant. We're going. And he sat, one of the grays sat something in front of me. It's kind of in my lap and it was a control. And it's not like, you know, the games that we play, it's a yeah. handheld, okay? And it knows what I'm thinking. When I touch it, it knows what I'm thinking. And Talata could hear it in me at the same time. I was bonding with him that way. This is not the way they usually fly. They had to give me some way to do it because I, I'm not a pilot. Uh, he said, we're going to go out. And we went out. And we start heading down into our solar system. And all of a sudden, I realized we're going to Saturn. He let me know. And uh, I freaked out. I mean, that's the first time I had ever seen Saturn ever. Let me ask you this real quick. Okay. Like, do you, are, yeah. are some of the other planets um, populated uh, from, from what the Greys told? Like, the planets in our solar system, like, you know, Mars, Jupiter, Neptune, Venus. Like, um, would you, would the, the Grey, is, there, is, is, there, is there anything going on with those that we, we know of? No, they have a couple of bases. There is a base on the moon. There's a base out in the solar system. Uh, I'm not going to tell you which one. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. On one of the moons of that solar system. And uh, yeah, there's nobody on Mars. Mars is a dead planet. It was uh, ripped of its entire outer shell and it's outgassing. It's even smaller now than it was back then. And the gamma radiation hits that planet full force and no life can exist on that planet, none. You wouldn't survive three months there. It would kill you outright, okay? It would destroy your life. Yeah. Everybody is susceptible to that. They don't even go there because of that reason. It is dead. Well, do the um, grays have a similar uh, physical makeup to us? Do they breathe oxygen and stuff? Yeah, they, okay. We are them and they are us and we are all one. They are our progenitors. They placed us here. We are related to them. They're humanoid as well as us. They're human like we are. They have the same DNA. They just look a little different. The ethnicity of them is different. Like we have different ethnicities here, but everybody on this planet is a human. We all have human gen DNA. Our genetics are all human. That's our race. They are a race. They're human, like we are. Um, yeah, many contactees have been told the same exact thing. They are very much human, like we are, just their genetics dial up differently. 
Now, are, right. are, you said there are progenitors. How, what does this have to do with the story? Like, I, I have to ask about the Anunnaki because they were supposedly human like us. Uh, did, did, have you met an Anunnaki, Dolly? Or are they different? Yes. Are, they, are they our progenitors too? Or what's? Yes, what's they all are. They all are. We're kind of a mix. We're a, a Heinz 57 mad dog mix. Okay. Some of them, uh, there are a couple of the races that aren't mixed in with us. We're, we are definitely pure human genome. Uh, they are too. Anunnaki have human in them as well. They just dined out differently. Wherever you live in the existence of this universe, whatever your environment is, will determine your physical appearance and your physical attributes. Okay. The Anunnaki live on a less uh, gravitational forced uh, world. Okay. And they have wings that can actually fly there. We're too gravity heavy to fly here and they're big. Okay. They're big, heavy, muscular guys and gals. Um, but they are human like we are. We do have some of that DNA in our DNA. It's all kind of mixed in a little bit. Um, the tall whites are fully human as we are fully human. So human okay. is a is a is a a normal thing in the universe, right? It's, it's like a, yes, it's this. It is our universe is a physical construct, and within that construct of our universe are twelve dimensions, simultaneously all packed in with us. Okay, we are in the third dimension here. Outside of us and below us, all the other dimensions exist with you in real time. We're at. All the ETs are physically in the third dimension with us, except a few of them that actually live out in other dimensions, but they're all, we're all in the same mainframe together, okay? We're all in the same existence together. Um, I, think, I think I can name like a couple of them that are not in this with us. Talata, the entity, is a disembodied, non-corporeal, uh, fifth dimensional entity that actually indwells the craft. All ET flying craft are indwelled by an entity from about the fifth dimension. Um, the reason being is their technology is so advanced. Everything run on that craft is run psychically. It seems like magic to us, but it's not. It's actually technical. And that ship is so advanced that it's the only way that your intelligence can run it with the amount of uh, computational things that are going on in this craft. And it's also somewhat uh, biological, okay? And the craft can do all kinds of biological things as well. That's why another reason why that entity is indwelling it because he becomes the craft. Like we've become human in this body. Our consciousness lives outside in source and we project into these bodies and we become them while we're here, okay? But it doesn't mean that who you really are isn't still who you really are, your consciousness. Yeah. Well, Preston, does this mesh with like the stuff that you're getting from other contactees as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Many, you know, this is where Dolly was able to connect the dots and fill in the blanks a lot more because I did have questions. Many contactees would say, these crafts seemed alive to me. I felt like it was an entity in and of itself. To hear Dolly go into great detail about it, like really answered that question for me. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dolly's seen a lot of different ETs as well. And this is, I would say, more the rule than the exception. People see, you know, not only grays, but human looking ETs and mantids and other types of short humanoids, little blue beings and so forth. Uh, I think Dolly was the first to actually tell me about seeing winged beings. So that was one piece of information that was new, but I'm going to say 80, 90% of what you said, I've heard piecemeal from other people. That, that's so interesting. And do you think that um, the Dolly is a hybrid? Or, and I'll ask Dolly, does, does she think she's a hybrid? Because do you think, do the, do the greys come after their own kind incarnated in the human form? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it sure does. Uh, this is something that a lot of contactees feel is true having talked to so many people and really looked at this in an objective way, I've come to believe that in a sense, we are all hybrids and that we have all sort of, I mean, I'm not so sure we evolved on earth, certainly not in the way mainstream science says. And yeah, as a general rule, contactees, you know, are generational. 
They've been followed for a very long time. The ETs are following certain genetic lines in an attempt to bring out the best of these genetics, of human genetics. But yeah, in a sense, we are kind of all ET. <laughs> we really are. Yeah, and, and uh, when that comes to the hybridization program, I'll let both of you guys answer, on, whoever wants to answer on this, but like, what's going on with that? And um, is, it, is it a real thing? So like people that are having, we hear stories of women who have the miscarriages and uh, they say they're pregnant with ET children. And, you know, many, there's been hundreds and hundreds of cases of this. And, and then they go, they go later and meet their hybrid child. Is this all fact, Dolly? Yes. I wouldn't call it a program, though. It's called natural selection to them in their minds. Um, where they're children, there are extreme reasons why this is occurring. And uh, um, I could lay it out for you if you want me to. I don't, I'm going to try to shorten it to a manageable understanding. Um, we, we're all human, okay? And we can actually breed back and forth with them. They are our parents, literally generational parents. Um, when you're out in space, you know, you're exposed to gamma radiation all the time, and they deal with that a lot. Um, we know about this here as well, because we've been under gamma radiation because our magnetosphere is going down. And we've seen in the last 50 years or 80, actually, advances in cancer, you know, autoimmune disorders, brain problems. I mean, it's, it's across the board, human genome is effing up and everybody knows it, okay? And uh, they've experienced it all. One of the problems is infertility here. You can blame it on a lot of things, but it's definitely coming from gamma radiation. It affects the food you eat, which affects your body and your mind, everything. And infertility has really become a problem. Well, it is for them too. And it's so much a problem for them in this particular iteration of us being here that they've bred back with us to strengthen them and us as well, okay? So it's just natural selection. They don't pick you, specifically you, um, unless they're watching your genetics, you know? But uh, they do watch families, so a lot of that's going on. They direct human beings to meet each other. They don't tell you to fall in love, but they'll, they'll help facilitate you walking into people. I mean, people say all the time, how, how did I cut, how did you come into my life? I mean, it just seems planned, you know, that usually is what's going on. They've, yeah, they've mentally you've written you about there. this, right? Uh, ET uh, relationships that they've made for people, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. In my book, Wondrous, the one before uh, Symmetry, I think four or five people were brought together. That's true in my own family with my brother and sister-in-law. And uh, yeah, I hear it all the time. There's an enormous amount of synchronicity among contactees and really for people in general. Right. Uh, we have a lot of guidance among you know, the spirit world as well. But ETs are definitely working very hard to make sure that we are all on the right path and fulfilling our destiny. Yeah, two, two things that I picked up from in other interviews that you guys did that I thought that were really interesting that I, I did, I hear different ways in other ET uh, lore or whatever you want to call it, but here, here's what I picked up. One was they, that you said, Dolly, I think you said that the greys have sexual organs, which I thought that they were, you know, like biorobotics. Some, well, I know there's different types of them, but like, I thought that was interesting that they actually have sexual organs. Then. Yeah. I also heard um, you say that they would let you bring your dog sometimes. And then I, and on, when I heard other people talk about the greys and dogs, I've always heard that the greys were afraid of dogs. So what, however you guys want to answer those questions, but um, what, whatever you Well, do. there is a type of gray that is afraid of dogs. Um, they've mastered over the years a little bit better uh, dealing with them. It's the little AI grace, the very small ones. They're about three feet tall. They're, they're a biological AI, which means they're not alive. They're biologically alive, but they're not conscious. Uh, they're AI. Like you would understand what AI is, okay? Yeah. And they weigh less than 45 pounds, okay? <laughs> Dog bite one of them. Ooh, it's over, okay? It'll shut them down in a second. So they're leery of them, not afraid. They're leery, Okay just like they're leery of humans who bash the hell out of them when they come into contact with them on the planet. That happens, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it happens. Every now and then one just gets poof, turned off. That's it. 
uh, yeah, all the other grays are not. There, there is, um, what's the word I wanna use? Elemental as we are. They're uh, in tune with their environments. They love nature. They love animals. They love all of it. And they can't exist without it as we cannot, okay? And so, yeah, your dog or your cat's welcome on board. If, if you need to bring it, it can go. No. Yep. I do know of other cases where that's happened. There was a boy named Bredo who said, no, I'm not going unless I can bring my dog or cat. There was another guy I think from Arizona who was taken on board and they brought his dog Hunter Bone on board <laughs> and the dog did go for the grays and they had to <laughs> render him you know, unable to move. And the poor dog, the guy said, floated around like a stuffed animal. The whole time <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> yeah i thought it was kind of funny but they didn't hurt him they no. just you know they care for animals they're collecting lots of animals by the way dolly can talk go into that but yeah that does happen yeah. but what are they doing with animals what are they trying to do um they're i call them the universal gardeners literally okay because they take care of us and they love nature and animals um we were brought here with a bunch of animals that did not evolve on this planet we were brought here with a lot of flora and fauna that did not evolve on this planet. We were sort of given what we needed. And uh, that means transport. That means protecting their genomes. It means uh, giving them a chance to exist here as well as us. We're all connected to one another. In our biosphere, we can't exist without them. And they can't exist without us. Uh, it's a mutual in interrelationship, okay? Uh, so yeah, they bring all kinds of things. I used to think when I was young that giraffes didn't, there's no way a giraffe could have evolved there. And it's funny because when I was going to school with them, they, I learned that they're not from here originally at all. You know, they're from somewhere else. This is an animal that did not evolve on this planet. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of them actually. So the earth um, was terraformed. Is that what you guys are trying to say? The earth? Uh, added to not terraform. Terraforming means starting from the dirt up. Earth had plenty of biosphere going when they brought us here. Okay, yeah. I see. That makes sense. Now, my second part of my question was, do they have uh, sexually compatible organs? So it's like, are there female grays? Because I know I've heard a lot of people say that they've uh, been around a gray and they sensed a, a female energy from them, but they've never went into if they had sexual parts. Uh, oh. You can answer to that if you want. All ET are male or female and they procreate. Yes, they do. And we are all human. We all have the same parts. They have eyes, they have a nose, they breathe, they have mouths, they eat, they have teeth. They go to the bathroom, you know, both ways like we do. And they have sex like we do. And uh, they have babies like we do. Yes. Wow. And, and Preston, your research cross-references with this as well? Uh, yeah, to a certain degree, not to the detail that uh, Dolly's talks about. I do hear many people saying, yes, this gray was female, but I couldn't quite tell how. Uh, but absolutely, yes, there is uh, quite a bit of information on that. And uh, I think people see ETs and they're like, well, you know, they appeared nude. You know, I'm not sure if they were wearing anything. I think in most cases they probably are, but these are skin tight suits. And so people aren't seeing their full anatomy right. and, and assuming that, you know, they are, you know, asexual. And I think also, it's also confused because of the little short grays. Are asexual. They have yeah. no sexual organs at all. That's yeah. what I was going to say. And most people probably come in contact with them. What does a real gray look like? They're, they're makers, right? That's their, are they, first of all, is that their makers, the real grays? Like the. Yeah, there's different ethnicities of them. Like I'll start, I'll start short and work my way up. There's a, a short gray that's about, I don't know, four feet, between four and five feet tall. It, they're troll-like, okay? Um, they can even be a little bit shorter than that. And they have blue-gray skin. They have a blue hue to their skin. And they are probably responsible for developing AI grays, okay? They're the masters of that. Uh, then there's another ethnicity of gray that's a little bit taller. They're about five feet, you know, can go from four feet to six feet. They have three fingers, okay? And they use prosthesis when they're working on things to help them grasp and hold. Uh, they have three toes also. Uh, they're very, very slender, but they have more musculature than the AI grays. Or, you know, the troll grades got a lot of musculature. Then there's the tall grays, and they're around, I don't know, mid five foot, you know, five and a half, all the way up to almost seven feet tall. Um, I saw one that was actually approaching eight feet tall. It shocked me. 
they're willowy, they're, they're well put and they have really intense bone structures, but they tend to be thinner. And they have four fingers like this, four, no pinkies like that. Um, they all have, uh, the, most of the grays, grays, all have blue, green, blue eyes. Uh, the reason you don't see that is they wear lenses. They don't see in the same visual range that we do. They have different cones in their eyes and they can actually see ultraviolet light, okay? And, and uh, infrared somewhat, a little bit infrared. And uh, our light here is bad. Most of the light in the universe is bad. They have to protect themselves from it. And that's why you see the lenses on their eyes and they look dark. That's yep. so interesting. This is all so interesting. Preston, what are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, I can confirm that. I wasn't surprised when Dolly started talking about the ET anatomy because there are some people who've gotten very good look. Yes, a lady in Maine, she says they had bright blue eyes. I had a guy in England said, you know, I don't know if you've heard this class and what the teeth look like because I'd heard oh, yeah. previous accounts. And he says, well, you know, I'm not sure if you're going to believe me if they had sharp needle-like teeth. Wow. Like, yeah, yeah, that is what I've heard. And so when Dolly started describing it, she says, you know, I'm, I want to tell you about their teeth. I was prepared. <laughs> I knew what she was going to say. Uh, and uh, yeah. That's why you never see them smile. <laughs> they don't want to make you, us uncomfortable. So they keep their mouth shut. Um, are you, do you have like constant contact all the time, Dolly? Are you still having contact all, all the time now? I am in mental, you know, psychic contact with them 24 uh, seven. Always. I'm linked up with them. Uh, especially with Talata. Uh, physically right now, um, we're, I'm um, kind of locked in where I'm at because they've bugged out. They're not here right now. Uh, they, about a year and a half ago, the last of them left. Anything you see in the sky now is literally back-engineered stuff from the old governments of the world. And they're dangerous, okay? Uh, their drones are here. They do have drones, lots of them. And they have a few sentinels out above us. There are sentinels throughout our solar system because they're watching the situation that we're all in right now. And they're very in contact with it. Do these drones, yeah. Dolly, have AI grays in them as well? Yes, all of them. Every one of them. They are piloted by AI gray. Uh, those grays don't, uh, they have a, a little like, a, it's, a, it's a little capsule or pill, jelly thing. And it's full of a component that they need to keep their biological running smoothly. Other than that, they don't need or drink anything. And so they can go for quite long, 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 you know, we're talking long time, 20 years about they're, they're designed to do 20 years without um, any, anything like that. Have they ever, uh, I wanted to ask you about reptilians, but real quick, like how long do the grays live usually? Did they ever tell you how long they live for? My, my uh, contact, her name is Mama, and uh, she's a tall gray, and she's over 800 years, and she is alive right now. She's so wow. existing. Yeah. She doesn't look a day over my age. I mean, I look older than her now. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, and then what about reptilians? Are they real? Or are they bad? What are you guys' thoughts? Like, I think that reptilians uh, come from Earth. I think that they've been here since the dinosaurs. Uh, it, we had a huge calamity in our, in our star system, solar system. And uh, when the dinosaurs all died, somehow they survived it. And they're still here. I think that they belong to Earth. This is their home. Uh, but do you think so. they bugged out at some point and got spaceship? No, no. Oh, no, they're just like living, dwelling creatures. Yes, they're intelligent. Don't, don't get me wrong about that. They're evolved intelligent creatures okay and et does know about them and they interact with them from time to time okay and uh they will not be left on this planet they will be bugged out now that they know they're capable of taking them okay uh but yeah they're here yeah this is what other researchers um, believe as well that they are probably more what we would call crypto terrestrials rather than extraterrestrials right. uh, not all bad I have to say, I don't get a whole lot of uh, reptilian accounts and the ones I've gotten were not, you know, what I would yeah. call super benevolent, uh, but I have to tell you, I have heard of some. So, you know, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of information personally on the reptilians. I hear mostly grays, the whole variety of grays. 
praying what mantis. about the mantids? What, what, are they? Are are they? Are, would you ever have contact with them, Dolly? Yeah, I've seen one. I didn't like meet it or talk to it. I heard it. Um, I had to have a kidney transplant in 2016, and while I was recuperating it, right after my surgery, I was staying at my uh, donor's house. They have like a farm, and nobody was home that day. Everybody was out shopping, and I was sitting and looking out the door, the screen door. I had the door open. And it was windy. I mean, 50, 60 mile an hour gusts. It was daily outside. And I like to hear the wind coming over the door. And I'm looking out the door and I look across the quad into the tree line. And I can see something sitting, squatting behind a stump. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, what is that? You know, doesn't look like any cow I know. You know, I was like, oh my God. And I had a Motorola. You remember those flip phones? Crappy, crappy photographs. And I opened it up and I turned it on and I put it on photo and I'm walking up to the door and I start shooting at it, you know, getting pictures of what I, you know, terrible pictures, but I got it. And uh, it stood up. Well, I All, heard you have other film too. I heard you have some good footage of UFOs. Yes, I do. And uh, he stood up and I knew exactly what it was. I mean, it went through my mind. Oh my God, that's a mantid. Okay. And I dropped everything out of my hands. I threw the door open, barefooted, didn't care, straight down the stairs and went after that thing. And I wanted to meet it. I wanted to chat to it. I mean, I'm projecting out, stop, don't move. He didn't, he didn't listen to me. And here in my, psychically, uh, we are the watchers. We're watching over you. And he turned and he started walking away and there was no damn way I was going to keep up with him. I just had surgery. I could not. Okay. And, uh, it's the only one I've ever seen. And what do you guys think? Well, you can either, both you can answer what, whatever you feel. Uh, either one can go first. But uh, what, what do you guys, you guys feel their role is in this whole ET perspective? Um, well, I'll, I'll jump in here. Uh, they've been around a very long time. They're extremely intelligent. And I think, uh, as Dolly said, you know, we're the watchers. That is what I have heard from other people. We've got some very old, you know, writings where they're called the watchers. And I think that is their primary role is just recording everything, keeping a very close eye on the current situation and informing uh, whoever needs to be informed of what is going on. They're very, very, very intelligent and are watching over everything. And, and there's, a, there's, the, there's a bigger thing picture here that we haven't got to yet that I think you guys talked about in other interviews that there's um, that the, the grays are monitoring us to see what happens in our situation, either a cataclysm might come or um, a, I, I think you said uh, something like there, there, can you talk about that? What the bigger picture is with this whole thing? Um, a cataclysm is about to happen. Our solar system is in a magnetic pole change. Our sun started it by changing its pulse and it generated you know, the pulse for all the other poles to change. And every planet in our system is changing their magnetic pulse. Um, it's a long process. Everybody has a different size planet and it happens faster or slower according to what size it is and its magnetivity. And uh, Earth is about at the apex of it happening. While that's happening, our magnetosphere is down. If you want me to give you a percentage, I'll give you one. It's uh, the scientists here are saying about 30%, 28, 30%. Uh, nope, it's more like 44, 45%. It's hugely down. That's why ET is not here. They cannot fly here without the magnetism being stable in this magnetosphere. It's too dangerous for them. That's why they crash, okay? So uh, while our magnetosphere is down and we got gamma radiation coming in at us, we're vulnerable to the effects of our sun. Our sun just happens to be in a 12,000-year cycle and a 6,000-year cycle simultaneously. And that means that, uh, first of all, while the solar sun is going into solar maximum, which it is, and we're not fully there yet, it's almost there. It's coming, okay, like within two years. It's sending out CMEs, which it does all the time anyway. But these are very intense CMEs. That's and a mass ejection, right? Correct. And they're, they're exacerbated by the fact that coronal holes lynch strength and power to them and other things that are happening. We also have a current magnetic current sheet that's sluicing through our entire galaxy. And it's here. It hit us about 100 years ago, okay? And it's still going through us. 
um, this is a bad situation for us. That means we're going to have a CME, it's coming, that's in the X class range. It's, the, it's a magnitude of power, okay? And add to that kernel, a uh, whole stream, you know, the power from that, that, that mag, you know, current sheet coming at us and us being vulnerable all adds up if it's earth facing to knock us completely straight back to the Flintstones. You will be in the Stone Age. There will be nothing electrical going ever again. It yeah. will burn it all up. I would just like to add to what Dolly is saying is that she was trained by the ETs in science and astronomy and particularly, you know, magnetics of planets because she is a pilot. She learned how to pilot these craft from age 14 to 19. It was very intense training. She's been doing it ever since. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> and you can look up the science on this. There's the Carrington event of 1859, and there's been many CMEs throughout history, some very big ones fairly recently. This is a real deal. And when the CME hits, it's going to knock out not only the entire electrical grid, but all the satellites, everything. And ultimately, this is good news for us. Yeah, it's going to be a rough ride. The way society is going, it's not sustainable. Uh, we are on the road to self-destruction anyway. And once this uh, magnetosphere stabilizes, the ETs will arrive in large numbers. And this is something many, many contactees have told me. Uh, and to hear Dolly say it was very you know, encouraging and heartwarming to know that we are being watched over and taken care of and that they will come back in large numbers and start scooping people off. Yeah, they well, got. Sorry. They have to get it. They have to get us out of here because that CME is not the only thing that's coming at us. Our sun is about to micronova. We got about eight to ten years for that to happen, and when it does, nothing on this planet will survive that. Nothing, and they got to get us out of here. This happens about every twelve thousand years. Uh, Noah's Ark is a very good explanation of that. The Ark taking all who's worthy to go, ready to go, and all the animals off get it <laughs> they're gonna get everybody they can get and you're going if you if you you're, if you're still here and you're functioning and you're ready they will take you off with everybody else okay period uh, i guess that's good news it's it's a little startling news but um uh, is there any way there's no way we can thwart anything that's going to happen no uh the universe is going to it's a machine it's efficient and it does what it does. This is how we exist. There's life, there's death, as well as for us, you know, shedding our bodies and coming back. The universe recycles itself. It's how it maintains itself. It's an eternal machine. Okay. I was going to ask and, you about that. I was going to say, what have the Greys said about reincarnation? And then after Dolly answers, Preston, I'll let you see if your research uh, is the same as what she thinks. Okay. Uh, you know, we're all conscious entities we have a uh, a force of life about us okay we are an astral being that is indwelling this body while we're here when you're when your body ceases to exist you do not die you go back to where you came from that's source we are all in source together every single living entity from animals to us all the way across the whole universe we all exist in source together. That's in the mind of what ET refers to as the all mind. We're all part of that, okay? The only reason that we come, the way the universe was constructed was so that we learn. When you're in source, you have answers for everything. You understand all of it, but you don't employ it. You don't have the wisdom from it. You haven't experienced it. This is why we come to a physical construct like this in this dimension, third dimension here, okay? Everything you learn is wisdom to you. It raises your consciousness. It raises your ability. It sends you consciously higher in your abilities so that after you shed this off, you can go higher and learn more even then. The end game of this is that, um, and this is how I feel about it, um, my end game is I want to talk to the Almond. I want to have a face-to-face -face construct with them. You know, dude, <laughs> lady, whatever you are. <laughs> I want to know. I have about a billion questions, okay? I know eventually I'll get there. I know I will. That's how it works. I've understood it enough to know. ET knows this as well. They are way more involved than we are. They are 
spiritual entities that are exactly like us. They are us, we are them, we are one. We are all together in consciousness. When you pass away, your body passes away and you go back into that area, you see everybody you've ever known. You get to experience all knowledge all at one time. You reintegrate with all the memories of who you are from all the way, from today all the way back, okay? That's why you reincarnate. Your DNA is the, the key, the lock and the place that draws you in to make those experiences happen. You come here, you choose everything you do. It's called karma. Your karma is literally the process of you learning everything you need to know. And I would just want to get your thoughts on what are you guys thoughts on? Um, what do you guys think about stories of like what we would call demons and bad spirits? And uh, do, do you guys believe evil entities exist? Both of you? I mean, like, yeah, yeah, they do. You can't have a positive without a negative. That's even proven mathematically. Those two things exist simultaneously at the same time. Your job and your wisdom is to get past that. You raise above it. Talk about negative being zero or, you know, null. And then pure wisdom being the highest number to infinity that you can go. And so, yeah, there are negative influences. And this planet right now is loaded with them. They're running around everywhere. They're out of control. They are so in control. They're in control of everybody here. They lie to you. They use you. They abuse you. I mean, this place is, I mean, if you sit in cognitive, think about it. Uh, goodness is not in control of this place, is it? No, it's about not, it. definitely not. Okay. I mean, we're right. in chaotic times, right? And Preston, right. you've studied the paranormal for a long time. I know me and you have had talks about out-of-body experiences and everything. What are your thoughts on evil entities and stuff like that? Yeah, well, as far as humans, we all make a choice. And I think uh, that's a very important factor to consider here. Because people talk about ETs being demonic. And I'm like, well, no, I don't think that that's accurate. Uh, people here are making choices that are leading down that path. Humans are much more hostile and negative than ETs, generally speaking. There are such things that, you know, we would call demons in terms of, you know, definition of an evil spirit. Yes, uh, there are bad spirits, 100%. I've done a lot of research into that. Ghosts, demons, angels, you, think you name it. You call them the archons, like the Gnostics call them. You know how they say the Gnostics say the archons feed off our energy? What would you say to that? Um, I would say that's just another definition. Uh, there's a lot of researchers out there throwing these terms back and forth and interchangeably. I think we have to be very careful. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren are probably the world's most famous so-called demonologists. And they had a tendency to sometimes um, label human spirits as demonic, which technically speaking, from a religious standpoint, they're not. Right. Demons are, would be non-incarnated as humans. Uh, but there's a wide variety of paranormal entities out there. And if you go throughout human history, you will see this in every culture from kobolds to gnomes to fairies and elves and Fairies in particular with the, you know, Ireland uh, have some very compelling accounts, the gentry. There's a lot of, you know, different entities that are often being labeled under one umbrella term. And that's just not the case. These are different phenomena. Like are the jinn, are the jinn like in the, in the Arabic world, is that the same as what we would call a demon? Or do you think they're separate entities? You it would be a demon. Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's completely negative. Right. Um, the jinn are a prime example. I mean, I know a contactee who feels like his experiences are probably more along those lines. E.T. Uh, thinks of them as the tricksters. I've heard that. They can too. make you think they're good while they're really bad. Yeah. Okay. That's so interesting. Now, also, I, well, I have a couple more questions. Um, is it? I heard you guys say that, like, E.T., that the, the government's still stalking contactees like is this true do you get followed dolly and why do yes. you think you're doing this why do i think i'm doing this no no, no. why do you think the government <laughs> oh. is, is uh is stalking contactees like you think um, they're trying to figure out like what's going on or what no they've known about me since i was very very young my father worked for the government he was in the army and uh he uh unfortunately was trying to uh figure out what was going on with me when I was about, you know, four or five years old. And 
they talked him into bringing me into an MK, uh, MK facility in uh, off a of Homestead Air Force Base. And uh, so they started testing me. He did not know at that time who they absolutely were. And about three days in, four days in, uh, my dad's, uh, one of his higher ups, a general said, you know, get her out, get her out now. You'll never see her again. When he realized that I was the real deal. And so my father pulled me out with the general's, you know, signature and uh, kept me the hell away from them. I've almost been abducted twice by them. Um, my father, I started taking karate and I've gone up the line, you know, I know, and uh, Krav Maga now and all that stuff. I can protect myself from them. If you come after me, I will fight back. Oh, that's um, cool. I'm into martial arts too. I love, I yeah. love Krav Maga is a deadly martial art. That's a, yeah. that's made strictly for brutalizing people. Like that's like. Yeah, my dad was an airborne ranger. So guess how I learned it. That's so, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would only use it as absolute self-defense of myself or somebody else you know, yeah. um, just to get away. Um, I'm not looking to hurt or kill anybody. I just want to get away from you, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, so they've known about me my whole life. I mean, I'm monitored my entire life. They've been watching me like crazy. So. Yeah, they monitor a lot of contactees. What, what, so do you think, I guess, like, do we think the government might be somewhat lost, some of them? When I say lost, they, they, like, they don't know what's going on. They're trying to figure out. Or do you think they already know and they're just trying to um, get what, glean whatever information they can? I, w- I would say that they know far more than we know, but they are lost in terms of they've taken the wrong direction. They're on the wrong side. They're making very bad decisions. I think Dolly can talk more about that, but that is my sense of what's going on here. Yeah. Is they've really screwed things up in their handling of this situation. It's a snowball from hell. Um, they've known about this since the 1930s. Absolutely no knew this was coming. And they have uh, worldwide, the 1%, the elite of this planet have decided to survive it. And that does not include everybody else. Um, if you think about it, all those underground facilities, all the preparations they've made, they've got seeds up in the north uh, to restart farming again or whatever. They're backing everything down right now. They're getting ready to, I mean, I want you to ask yourself a question. Think about everything that's going on in the world right now, worldwide. Uh, do you think that they're doing absolutely everything they can to help us? Or do you think that this is a planned uh, attack on humanity? What do you think? I would say it's a planned attack on humanity. Well, there you go. And it is. And um, E.T.'s message literally is this. You are a human being. You're related to them. You have all the same parts they do, including a pineal gland in your brain. That is your psychic connection to all reality. This is your psychic connection to them as well. You start using your psychic abilities and you will know the truth. You'll hear it. Nobody will fool you ever again. And you will also hear them talking to you. The education for you begins at that point. They will start teaching you anything you want to know. They absolutely need you to do this. They need us all to wake up. Because if you don't, there's going to be wholesale slaughter on this planet. You need to protect yourself from these people. You need to hang on until after that CME. They want you alive. They want you to go. And it's time to wake up. They broadcast this to everybody on this planet every day. They send messages, hope people are waking up. This is encouraging for me because I do see people waking up, but you've been so cut off psychically from who you really are that it's scrambled for y'all. Y'all are getting mixed messages. You're hearing them disinformation, you're like crazy. And then the truth is it's hard to get until you unscramble it by opening your psychic ability. And there are ways to do that. I'll tell you what, like ever since I started doing my podcast and like the more I meditate and research and meditate and research, the yes. more my psychic, and I even do experiments. Like I'll try to remote view. I'll try to, I, I'm not bi-locate, but I try to astral travel. I yes. try to test, test my psi abilities any way I can, because I've noticed them starting to open up. Just my intuition in general is starting to expand. Like, I think once you get into this research and you, you dedicate time to meditation, it yeah. can really open up your psychic abilities. What do you guys think? Absolutely. That is absolutely true. 
you know what? Um, I'm proud of you. First of all, <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> Woo. Um, Preston's uh, literally been writing his whole life. He's known he was going to come here and do this somehow. He, he's, he's worked himself really, really hard to put information out there for everybody. Okay. And I really do think this is why ET chose me to go to him. Okay. Uh, he has written books on how to OBE, you know, astro project. He's written books on meditation. He's written books about the truth of what's going on. His literature is very, very clear. It's very well written and it's very, very straightforward. It's not hard to follow at all. And he doesn't charge arms and legs for his books like everybody else. He's not making a lot of money on this just to put this information out to everybody. I mean, you can candle him for $4.99, okay? Everything he's made, you know? Um, it is important not only for me to help get this message out, but once we get to a certain point with this conversation that I'm having with everybody, I want to start teaching also, okay? And bringing everybody into the fold of conscious contact with them is so important. It is so important. If you call out to them now, they can OBE you. They can observe you that way. You can see them that way. They can remote view you. They've got drones watching over you. Please. <laughs> and I mean it. Don't believe everything I say. I want you to research this yourself. Everybody across the board. Because it's going to take something to convince you. And I know it's not me. You're just hearing me talk about it. You know, you have to convince yourself. This is work that every single person is responsible for themselves for. You know, you didn't learn to walk, talk, eat, think, and drink, you know, uh, by yourself. You, you literally were taught. You taught yourself way beyond what any teacher ever taught you, okay? This is a job that you must employ. Absolutely. I agree. I think that was very well said. Well, is there anything that we didn't cover that we, you guys would like to say now before we, we close up shop for... Just that um, all my experiences, uh, I wish I had time to tell you about them all, okay? I wish I could go over my entire existence with you so that you could see that there is an existence out there that is true, it's right, it's moral, it's happy with ability to do so many things and you've been so cut off from it. And it's my dearest, deepest wish that you all come into that, you know, that you see it for what it really is. Um, everything that you see from guardian angels, which are interdimensional beings living in your space with you who help you, they care about you, to uh, light beings that are literally angels, okay, and everything else in the universe. I mean, who wouldn't want to understand how it all works and interacts with each other? Who wouldn't want to be able to call mom on the other side and say, let's have a chat? You can. That's the whole point. You're cut off from everything. I mean, everybody's so stranded here within themselves and everything and and please listen to what i say please help yourself to the knowledge it'll help thank you that was well said and preston any closing thoughts uh yeah everything dolly says i would underline bold and put an exclamation point <laughs> behind it uh we could not possibly get into all her accounts of you know visiting other planets seeing all different types of ets and other ships and so forth uh, her book really only covers the tip of the iceberg of what she's uh, experienced. But uh, yeah, just underline what Dolly says. Let's move past fear. Let's allow love and truth and compassion to guide our actions. Let's look to within for answers. You're not going to find it from governments or from other people or reading books. Yeah. Ultimately, the truth is within you. There's a huge difference between belief and knowledge and it's time for everyone to pursue knowledge for themselves and really figure out that we are eternal beings that we are safe in this universe that we there are beings out there who have our best interests in mind that the et threat is a complete lie do not buy into it no matter what happens it's not true correct uh, that would be my closing words that's awesome. Well, if you guys could just tell everybody if you want to be found, where to find you, where to find the book, websites, all that stuff, so they can find the book and your website and, you know, all that stuff. All right, I'll do it. Uh, Dolly does have a uh, YouTube channel where she's put out some of her photographic evidence. It's not the only evidence she has, of course. She's got corroborating witnesses and medical evidence and a lot of other stuff. Uh, I, of course, do have a website. PrestonDennett.Weebly.com. Got a YouTube channel. 
uh, I'm all over social media, Facebook and so forth. And my books are available on Amazon, other online retailers, bookstores near you. And yeah, I really appreciate you having us on the show, Robert. It's awesome. You're fantastic to talk to. Thank you. I love having you guys on. This was amazing. And I, you know, like I, I did, we didn't even get into you going to the learning planet, Dolly. I know you did that, I, but, but maybe we could do a second episode when we have more time and stuff like, but that's why people go get the book. People, everybody that's watching right now, go get the book Symmetry by Preston Dennett and Dolly. It's a it's so-called symmetry. It's about Dolly's experiences. And yeah, that's probably all I have to say. It's on Amazon, right? Yes, that's, that's right. Well, thank thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. And uh, part two. (laughs) I look forward to it. Yeah, thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. You too. You too.